if you're able to find your motivation, then it's easy to connect all other change process. So if you want to improve on a skill, you want to learn something, you want to undergo a particular change from, you know, point A to point B. Now that change on its own may be difficult, right? But then if you're able to find your motivation, what inspires you to move, then you can make a connection. You can build this bridge between this particular activity or this particular process or this particular experience you want to undergo and then link it up to your motivation, which you already have. And then once you build that bridge, all change process become easy. Hey, welcome to the Design Your Life podcast. So this episode is going to focus on how to find your motivation. So if you're new here, I'd like you to follow up on our many other conversation. Hey, let's have a go. So this episode is quite interesting because it focuses on how to find your motivation. Um, so what motivates you? Um, this question, Andy, um, complimentary answer is very important. Why? You need to make a lot of changes in our world. Um, there's so many things that would cause us to change as individuals, maybe even as an organization, or you know, and even our businesses will cause us to change. And you want to know your um, triggers in terms of motivation or drives you to do something. Because the thing is that um, there are a number of things we must have tried and it was so difficult and some other things came you know just like you know pretty much like it was like a hair's breath to you you were just able to you know snap off your fingers it was that quick um, but then um, there has to be a system to how we can find that motivation or how we can change the process of change such that any change we need to undergo it would be easy for us to connect it to say, oh, you know, once I connect my chain to this particular motivation or this particular trigger, it will be easy. So what are we saying? What am I saying? Now, can you explain why you probably listen to this content or, you know, listen to a particular content and it sticks and you listen to another content and <laughs> it doesn't stick? <laughs> why? So why is that? Like I say, change. You'd have to learn, unlearn. There are lots of things. That's a skill or something. You know, taking a course online. You're trying to get advanced in personal growth, self development, whatever. You know, of this um, aspect, you'd have to grow. You'd have to change. You'd have to evolve. You have to transform. You have to reform yourself. And you don't want to keep struggling in some areas while some other areas you're just moving smoothly. So I remember back in um, kindergarten or say nursery school, you know, we were way younger. I mean, it's not as though we're not young now, but I'm still young, but um, I mean, way younger. So there are these things they normally use in, in schools. It's used almost everywhere. I mean, rhymes and, um, and sometimes visuals, right? So that's how they empower kids with certain concept or they try to communicate a, le a lesson to them or a particular learning experience so rhymes you know you hear the kids keep I remember one of us then it was um twinkle twinkle little star 
um, and then another rhyme was something around London Bridge, yeah. So there are all these beautiful rhymes we had then, and just imagine it still sticks, right? It's just, uh, it's just there, it never goes away. Um, so these were really powerful methods that helped us to, um, uh, that kept us, um, that were able to help us in the process of. Now, in, in this particular regard, it was not change. It was about learning. But overall, when you're learning, it's kind of like a change, right? Um, it's just that we didn't see it as change back then, but it helped us in the learning process. So it was able to um, keep certain lessons or certain things we had learned with us. Yeah. And then there were visuals, too, of course. There were screens in the class where they play, you know, and then jiving towards it, moving your body and everything. And then once you can remember maybe a particular movement, you remember the song, you can see those pictures in your um, in your mind, you know, and all of those things. So um, those are some of the motivating factors. And it still works up till now. It's just that it's not um, a holistic concept for the totality of learning or change process. So just imagine as an undergraduate student, you have maybe you're taking five courses or six courses in chemistry. Um, just imagine how you'd have to use rhymes so as to ease your learning process or you'd have to use maybe visuals and, you know, um, some of those things. It's They're still powerful. And I, I remember I did some of it um, for visuals, you know, for my, you know, trying to put a particular thing up your wall so the more you keep looking at it, the more it sticks. A particular chemistry concept, yeah, or math, I remember, yeah, my friend, <laughs> he had that. There was this board in the room. He wrote down math formulas everywhere. It still, it's, I still see it someplace, you know. Um, I remember when I went to room where we, we, we both, you know, used to stay back then in undergraduate. I can still see the markings on the imprint on the wall where he had to pen down. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful memory. I think we should treasure that room or something, you know, put it as our own collection <laughs> museum or something <laughs> so those writings are there and um, it just reminds me of the process we engage but then rhymes that's like singing stuff and then um you know maybe screenplays you know seeing visuals and all those things as powerful as they are and they still continue to be um, um we must stretch the concept to really see um what other things are out there right and what other things can we um, add to this equation so um talking about motivation or because your motivation if you're able to find what motivates you or a group of things that motivate you then it'll be easy to link your change to that motivation right so you say oh this motivates me or a motivates me b motivates me c motivates me and then i'm trying to do z Oh, it's that simple. Just connect your Z to A or connect it to B or connect it to C. And in fact, for it to, to, to be a killer change, I mean, if you want it to be like a very massive one, just link A, B, C with Z, with Z. I mean, you just discover that in two seconds, you're done. <laughs> you, you've, you've actually undergone that process. Now, generally, fear has been a major motivation for... Um, for a lot of people, I've had to realize that uh, I've done some study on this particular. I realized that fear, it's, 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 yeah, it's a motivation for a lot of things we do now. Um, when I say fear, 
um, fear has a lot of fear is like an industry right <laughs> so it has a number of products and one of the the foremost or the leading product of the company um, is actually scarcity mindset yes the scarcity mentality is one of the leading products of the industry of fear so while um, fear on to a large degree seems negative some people you know have the belief that there could be positive fear but i think i don't like the choice of word fear you know um yeah i don't like the choice of word because it mostly it's 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 connotes or it, it tends to trigger certain things that don't help growth they're kind of like um, um they're kind of the at the opposite the motivation largely what drives fear the emotion that surrounds it are not really are not pretty things so um, even though it's, it's it helps you to make progress but in the long run i don't think it's something you want to, we want to stick with or i want to stick with so back to one of the leading products of this industry of fear is casting mindset you know the belief that um you know whatever you know is going to get exhausted limited and all those kinds of things and so it, it motivates you to do your work for example so you know, speaking about scarcity mindset um, um so you tend to think that oh, life is a finite pie i mean it just gets exhausted. it could get exhausted so i was sharing an, an, an interesting concept yesterday with someone and um i told them that it's um, scarcity mindset is a way of seeing life that we are we are six but there are only four items for each of us. So you get, it's like this game where there are always um, three chairs um, or four chairs, and then there are about five people moving around it, and then the music is being played. I don't know if it's common where you are, but it's a common, it's, you know, it's kind of those games we had back then. Even up till now, I remember I had last year, December, I was at this event. It was like a wedding and, you know, it was like a fun moment. And so we had these chairs and the chairs would be arranged like in a cycle and facing out, you know, facing the chairs would face out such that you could sit on it. But it forms a cycle. You could sit outside. I don't know if you get. So the... um the portion where your back rests on the chair, you know, they kind of form a cycle such that you could sit out, you know, and face, you know. Yeah, so you could face out, yeah, by sitting. So uh, so the game is like music is being played and then you guys cycle around the chair and then as music is, you know, it just, wherever the sound engineer or the, you know, DJ just hits pause, immediately you struggle to sit on one of the seats right but the idea is that um, the seats are always less than the number of people moving around so automatically someone has to lose right so that's how it's been seen for life to such that there are just four items but we are five or we are six so eventually someone does not get something and so it motivates you to maybe put in more effort in work to try to hustle to try to you know do all sorts of things um, to get yourself so there um, sometimes the trigger for these things like i said are um, they're not great triggers um, the emotion that is attached to it uh, may not necessarily be good things even though it's maybe to achieve something good in the process but the motivation so let's spread our motivation web um, further um, 
so we've, we've talked about things like you know earlier we talked about rhymes visuals and now we're talking about fear um so but um fear is something personally i don't like to deal with it's something to keep far away um, so let's stretch this conversation deeper um for know our motivation if we can lay hold on what motivates us then it will be able or it will help you inspire change help you learn help you unlearn helps you set you in motion right so for me i began to explore this concept um more intently and um I had to ask myself certain questions such that, okay, let's make a list of things that were pretty easy for you to, um, to do or changes that were pretty easy. It was like a night and day experience, just like you just wake up. It's like it's day already. I mean, then you just sleep and it's like, wow, it's already night, right? Um, so I, I critically, and it was, it was not difficult to find um, something you could also um, process you could also engage you know, have this list and so I realized that I could remember back then that I used to um, see lots of movies I was <laughs> I know there's nothing like being a movie junkie <laughs> but then I was I was I was, a, I was a movie lover I was I was I don't want to use the word addicted to movie but if it communicates the points you know that I literally had nothing doing other than movies, you know. But I go to school, of course. Um, it was high school, like secondary school. I go in there and um, maybe um, we're just done, maybe by 2 o'clock. And then from that time, and then um, from that time, you know, up until the next morning, I'm seeing movies. I'm seeing movies. In fact, it became... It became worse when i was done with school <laughs> so i had more time there was no school of course i was i had all the time to be home you know and so it was it was this was the this, it was largely within the period after school you know up until i got admission into the undergraduate um to take um, my bachelor's degree so that period even up until my first year i mean uh I, I, that was what was happening was a cycle seeing lots of movies loads of movies i mean i could start seeing movies um just so you understand what i'm saying now <laughs> to get a picture clearly i could start seeing i could start seeing this movie most mostly series movies of course series rather i could start from say 10 a.m 9 a.m why why 10 i mean it's usually between 8 to 9 a.m in the morning and then this would run till maybe this was way when I was I was way younger, of course. Like I said, um, so this this would run from maybe it's it's nine a.m. till like three p.m. And the only reason I'm stopping by three p.m. is because my parents are now back from work, you know. <laughs> so I'll just have to, you know, because the reason is because the TV screen was in the parlor, and so that was like a central area. Everyone comes in, you know. There's always activities around there, so I kind of just go to my room, and, and there was no screen in my room, you know. So I'll just like a TV screen. So I'll just relax, wait, and then maybe when they go out for usually they would go out for an evening, you know, event or attending an evening activity, maybe by five, and so I continue by five. And then maybe they return by 7.30 p.m. And then I pause again. 
and then you turn 7.30 to 9, 9.30, you know, the living area is still being engaged. I'm like, okay, it's, it's fine, you know. And then everyone goes to sleep by 10, and then I'm back again by 10 p.m., and then I'm seeing movies till 6 a.m. And the reason I'm stopping by 6 a.m. is because everyone will begin to, you know, that's like time everyone is already waking up, you know, trying to have their bath and all those things. So, again, I wait. And then 8 a.m., I continue. So, this is how the cycle continues, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I just, I'm going through all of that so you understand what exactly. Um, and when I say I was, I was, I was, um, I was really, I was really big on movies. So, you'd know the extent. But then, surprisingly, just like a night and day experience. One of those days I just woke up, you know, it was a new day and it's like, you know what? I think I wouldn't see movies. I'm talking about, permit me to use the word addicted to movies. And then all of a sudden, just like an overnight experience. I decided I wasn't going to see movies and that was it. I mean, there are changes where you struggle. I mean, you're like, no, I, I mean, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then you keep struggling, keep struggling. Maybe over time, over a week, a month, two months, three months, eventually get yourself. And even after that three months, you could still find yourself, you know, um, harboring the thought and all that. You have to dismiss it and say, no, no, I'm going to stand strong on my decision. Yeah, it, it's possible to have those kinds. But no, that was not what I had. What I had was that. I just woke up instantly and said, no, I'm not seeing movies. And that was it. There was no struggle. The thought never crossed my mind anymore. For years. For years. I went to five-year school. So um, this happened maybe in my late into my first year, second, early second year. So I'm talking about the remaining part of my second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year. And even the years after that, I never had to struggle. I mean, I never had the condition in that, oh, I mean, Sam, you've tried. I mean, it's been four years. Can we go back to seeing movies? Nope, nothing. So what sponsors those kinds of changes? Because if you can make such kind of, if I can make such kind of rapid reformation or change process in just the split of a second instantly and it was a permanent one yet in other areas you i struggle with change so why can't i connect i can't i link the two of them up and say hey this is good this is not working well okay what's making this work well so that's the concept of why we're having this episode so finding so of course i had to explore so why exactly did i make such kind of change and so that answer, what I found, um, um, is what um, would lead up to another story. So let me tell you the story and then I'm going to link up both of them and tell you what I found as a reason that motivated such kind of overnight experience for me. So reading books. I was not big on reading books. I mean, I when I say that, I mean... I could read maybe a book. I'm talking about when I'm saying books, I'm talking about self-development books. I'm talking about self-help books. I'm talking about maybe Christian books. I'm talking about fiction books like 
um, even novels, right? Um, so those kinds of books. Um, I was not big on them. I don't read. <laughs> I mean, I just, of course, schoolwork, read and douse it. And largely douse maybe because of whatever reason sponsored it back then. But outside schoolwork, I mean, I was not big on, I was not a big on reading. And so I could just see maybe most likely something that has a story in it. If you if you really want me to read, if you're serious about me reading, <laughs> get the story in that book and, and then I could read. And then even as I said that in a year, I could just do like maybe two books, <laughs> really light books. <laughs> yeah, so that was the kind of experience. It was just a random thing for me. I stumbled across a book. Someone says it's interesting. I'm like, oh, I think I should try it out. And then I opened the first and second page. I'm like, wow, nice stories. Let's continue. That was it. But then if after the first chapter, it seems like these guys are trying to, you know, they're trying to sponsor a thought. I don't understand. There's no story. Stories are not even interesting. Very boring stories. Where did they even get these kinds of stories from? I'm done. I'm done. That's it. That's the last time. <laughs> so, um, but then there was a day I just woke up as well. When I say I, I, I just woke, it may not be like, waking up in the morning and poof, the thought is just in your head. Um, it was, I think this particular one was within the day, maybe just an afternoon, I just returned back home and I'm like, yeah, this particular one, I just returned home and I'm saying, you know what? I think I need to read more books. And that was it. That was it. I didn't struggle. I, I went into get a book. I went into a bookstore to buy books. I bought, I started with maybe buying one, two at the moment, and then I exhausted it. I was like, you know what? Let's try it again. It may just be coincidental. Maybe these books were just great. That's why. And then I get, get in there again. I read the first two books. I'm like, hmm, nice. That's four books now. Then I'm like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't get one or two books when I go to a bookstore anymore. Maybe I should get more. And then I went to a bookstore. particularly, I got like four. Came back, phew, exhausted. Like, you know what? Let's do more. Then I went this particular day. I think I got about 10 and phew, of course, um, some of the books eventually, um, maybe not all of them were great, but I mean, <laughs> definitely I was, I was, uh, the, 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 my veracity or the, the passion I had for reading was just, you know, it was just, it was just building, it was just building, it was just building and it was crazy. It was, it was really amazing because, um, a lot of things were happening. So what was responsible for that overnight change? What was responsible? <laughs> it's quite funny. But you know what? Let's take this break. It is true that information is knowledge and knowledge is power. But with all the information you've got, how much of it has helped you understand your uniqueness, capabilities, and potentials? This podcast will simplify all of that information, help you understand your uniqueness, and show you the path to your genius expression. Welcome. Hey, welcome back. So just before we left off... Um, there was, we're talking about what was responsible for those change. 
stop I stop watching movies, I stopped seeing movies and then um reading books. I became big on reading books. And then of course my seeing movies went from like hundred to zero. And then my reading books went from like zero to hundred. How did those things happen? So I remember that when I began to explore, okay, why, 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 what was responsible for this? I remember in my um, first year in school, um, of course, it's going to be, this is, this conversation is going to be littered with stories, so it's, it's going to be interesting, right? <laughs> so I was, I remember my first year, I was, I was, I was way young. I was pretty young. I was very young, you know, had that advantage of, you know, getting into, school really early um and so in my first year i was i i realized at some point that almost all my circles um were i was so when we we're getting into a project in my first year we had some laboratory courses we had to take you know we had some mini projects we had some group work group assignments and all of those things which had to do with a number of groups, you know, you're in this group with this team, you're on the group with another team, on the group, there are so many groups everywhere. Um, um, and of course, it was a large class, so we had the opportunity. So, I mean, you could never repeat, <laughs> you could never have the same person in a particular group, you know. Anyway, sometimes you do, but, you know, you'd always meet new people in the group. Um, it was a large class. Um, but I realized that in all these groups, I was the youngest, like, really? <laughs> it was, you know, um, growing up back then, it was kind of like, you know, some um, fun thing or some, you know, um, dope thing <laughs> to um, kind of like be older as a peer. So if you're in the same year, like your first year student, and those are older, it's kind of it was kind of like, you know, a fun thing to... Um, actually be older compared to being younger i don't know that was what was in my head that was what the community of people had around me those those kind of thoughts that sponsored that kind of thing so i didn't like the fact that i was young but it was it was, wasn't uncomfortable for me i just felt hmm, maybe i should have been older or something but that was it but then this was the thing <laughs> i realized that in many conversations we're having as peers now when i say peers if not necessarily um, peers, you know, being in the same year, maybe being in the same course or similar departments, or I mean, like um, um, departments, um, when I say similar departments, I mean, maybe like life science, maybe like physical science departments under humanities or department under social science, I mean, like uh, under the same faculty or school. So I realized that my peers... Um, of course, they were older. I was the younger one there. And um, most times when we engage conversations and we're speaking, I realized that I was being looked down on. And um, the reason was because um, most of them had had more experiences. And so when they were speaking and all of that, um, they had more experiences. So they had you know, they could talk more about things, you know, you could learn more from them. And I realized that I had very little things. I had not experienced much. I was very young and I'd not, I'd not, you know, experienced so much. And so most times when I'm speaking, maybe I should just be quiet and listen to other people who have something to say, right? Great things to say and all of it. 
um and and some people you know you know went the extreme say you're young be quiet i mean you shouldn't even be talking and you know maybe they said that um, not intentionally too hot or you know because they were you know or they were bad people no they just maybe it's just something that came um, and so it came it was coming at me and coming at me and I was I was getting uncomfortable with the situation and like sometimes I could even sense that you know what it looks like these guys are saying stuff really nice important stuff but where my experiences I didn't know so much about it of course prior to this I was seeing movies everywhere and most of what I was talking about were movies right <laughs> so now I know you're getting the point and so I I came home this particular day and yeah that's how it happened <laughs> said you know what um so this is how i started i asked um so somehow not that i asked i think in a particular conversation i realized that um um someone mentioned reading books and how you know reading books could take you into this world you could learn a lot it's like one of the best experiences you could have the best trips <laughs> Uh, you could have that world of reading. It's it's a lot. It's what you know. Someone can never explain until you delve into the world yourself. I mean, so it was a beautiful. I think I had that conversation from one or two places, and I was like, okay, seems like I should try out books, right? Because I don't have experience. I'm way young. I don't know so much. I mean, and now I'm in a situation where I'm with older people who seem to kind of be well advanced and and they know so much, you know in that context ah, so i said you know what i think i should try books that was how it happened and then i think i read the first book and it was like hmm, nice things not that bad and i learned one or two things which i could somehow you know how so, this knowledge it, it just works that when you're in a situation talking somehow it comes out even though you didn't plan to use it and then i was i was like hmm and you know how when you're speaking, you also don't know what you are saying? Or, no, not that you don't know what you're saying. Maybe you didn't plan for a particular thing and then it just comes out. And and maybe after the conversation where you while you're walking and you're just reminiscing and you're like, hmm, interesting. I didn't know that was there. <laughs> okay, so that happened. And I was like, you know what? I think we should read on that book. And so that's it. That's the journey from zero to hundred. And so I kept reading, I kept reading books, I kept reading books, I kept reading books, you know, for 10, 15, 20, 50, 700, 150, I just kept going, I kept going, I kept going. And then, um, so you could also understand why I came home a particular day and, I'm, and I said, so this particular day about the movies and then I was reading books, but I had to see movies and I said, you know what? If I stop seeing movies, I think I should have more time to read, right? And I should improve my knowledge. And um, I don't think I would, I would, I would have stuff to say. I'll be knowledgeable. I should be able to engage in a great conversation and sustain it for a while. People should would want to listen. Ah, you know what? I think we should, um, we should um, step down the movies for a bit. And so, and then I was like, yeah, you know what? I mean, I think. Let's just let's just suspend the movie. So it wasn't even a step to like totally, you know, and then that's how I started. And it's like, you know what, let's just keep the movies someplace. And then it was a year, it was two years, it was three, three years, it was four years. I kept reading, kept and reading were like reading of course was great. And 
that was it. It was it was a beautiful experience. And so that was all responsible. That was all triggered. So I wanted to get into conversations where, you know, I could speak, people could listen, I could offer solutions. But it was more about offering solutions. So I wanted to be in a place where I could offer advice or I could chip in something that is useful to the community of people. You know, just the basic is being able to contribute, being able to contribute. That was like a motivation for me in that regard. I miss my peers, maybe not to my community or something, but, you know, that community of friends. Plus, there was another trigger. I was being looked down on and I didn't like it. And there was no, I couldn't do anything about my age. If there was something to do about my age, maybe I would have done that. I would have just increased my age and maybe the experiences would have come with it, right? <laughs> Yeah, so um, that was it. Now, another thing was, I remember I stopped soda. I stopped taking um, drinks, carbonated drinks, all sorts of drinks, you know. I just stopped everything. It was like 100 to a zero as well. How? Um, I, at some point, I realized that people were getting sick. I mean, people who were maybe in their late 40s early 50s i realized it was a pattern it was a trend within the community at that time and i don't know i somehow it disturbed me and i think i began to ask questions and i found out that some of the things that these people had were um were avoidable i mean um, if they had been pretty much more health conscious if they had been salubrious they wouldn't have had some of these things, of course. And I, largely, most of them were um, avoidable. So I remember later on, I had this conversation. So it was in my heart. It was quite disturbing. I was wondering why. And so later, I had this conversation with my um, mentor, um, academic mentor. He said that... And so something happened in just that period. I was in his office at some point, And then someone called, you know, to share the information, the news that someone, you know, thing close to him had also passed on and all. And the person was not, I think, maybe in his early 50s, they're about late 40s, I can't remember the detail. And so after the call dropped, you know, we began to converse and somehow he just brought, he used that call as a context and he said, I don't really don't know why this is happening, but um, sometimes I keep telling my own peers, like talking about him because he was in his 50s at the time, yeah, late for no, 50s, I say early 50s, so he was saying that most of the time he, he mentions this to his peers and he tells them that, look, you guys have to be putting more effort to your health, you have to do certain things, and it's like, you see me in my office, some of the, th the things I take, some of the things I drink, you know, natural these and all, it's not because I like it anyway, now I do, I do like it because, I mean... <laughs> We've had a history together here and those natural drinks and natural products. Um, so it's like some of these things I take, I, I, I wasn't used to them back then, but I, because of health and all of this. so And so I got the point. I said, okay, so are you saying, and of course, because he was a professional in his field and he was in the field, he was in that field of, you know, health. And so, you know, from standpoint of science, he knew what he was saying and also, you know, as someone who was well experienced in other aspects. And so he was talking about some science behind it and I was like, okay, it's fine. So I got the point after leaving that place and I said, oh, interesting. So most of these things are avoidable. 
some of the things we still keep on doing while we're young eventually you know consequences are there in future and then i remember at some point someone was saying you know um drinks drinks and there was so much rave about this whole drink thing and people were like oh so much sugar carbonated drinks this one this one so that's what came to my mind immediately just as a um young guy you know wasn't learned so much about health and what you needed to do and then i just said you know what um i know i not as though i was heavy on you know some of these drinks and all of that but it was something i could i could keep up i mean if i get two bottles or three bottles of carbonated drink i could try drinking the whole three maybe one in the morning one in the afternoon one in the evening just it's fun i mean and so that day i was like you know what maybe we should suspend this and so that's how i started you know suspended it and then i was like you know what maybe it shouldn't be a suspension maybe it should just be take it out so i took it out i didn't struggle i didn't struggle i mean i didn't struggle to the extent that you could i could go for an event and then they could be giving drinks out maybe carbonated different kinds of drink and i could tell you oh i don't i don't really want and then if you insist and say, oh, no, 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 please, you have to take it. It's fine. I take it. And it's right there. It doesn't, there's no temptation to drink it. There's nothing. There, there was nothing. So what was responsible for that kind of change? 100 to zero. And so, of course, um, I was becoming more health conscious. I'd seen people close not of course not my peers but you know people close were maybe in their 40s having all sorts of things and i didn't like it i didn't like the fact that they were having such kinds of things they were becoming vulnerable around in terms of health so i didn't like it so that was like a trigger for me and you know i just moved on right and so i remember at some point as well um um I was on this social media app and um, one of those days I decided I was going to go off of it, you know, but this one was like for a season, I was going to go off of it and I think um, it took me about six months, eight, not almost a year, I was off of that social media app. I mean, that social media, I keep saying app, you know, because I deleted the app. <laughs> um, I, I Even on the web, I decided not to ac access it. So I was off the app. I just realized I was spending so much time on it and um, I needed to focus on other things. And um, at the moment, I really needed time to study. Um, I needed to build my faith more at that time. And I realized I was competing with the time I was I was giving into, so I realized that okay, you know what, um, I can't take out any of any of these things because I was a student, of course, so there was school time and all of this. And when I, I reviewed my whole time schedule, and I was like, you know what, the only place I could take out time for to kind of build my fit life is this app has. I mean, this social media has to go, has to be sacrificed. So, sacrificed it, and it was off and maybe there was a bit of struggle because at the, at that time i was not only a consumer you know of 
those content on social media. I was also, you know, creating content. I was putting out content. Um, so it was kind of not so easy, not so easy making a decision a week, two weeks and over. Eventually I did it. Um, even though it was, like I said, it was quite slow, but eventually I still was able to get there. The world was responsible for this kind of thing, exactly. So um, we're talking about how to find your motivation. So I've talked about, you know, my experiences and how I was able to find my motivation. So for this one, I think it was more of I needed, I, I, I'm a faith person and um, I realized that, no, I needed more time to build. I, it was not something I could suspend or something I could eventually get into. It was a vital contribution to my daily activity. So no, I had to treat it with all um, with all urgency, right? And it, was, it was an important, even though it was, it was an important, not urgent, you know, kind of um, activity I needed to engage, but still I wanted to make it. Um, so I, that was it. Um, it was faith life or something that inspired me to do that. Um, so I was able to connect. So I started making some of these connections between the motivations I found to other things. But then here's what I found. I realized that um, you can actually outgrow a trigger or you can actually outgrow, outgrow a reason for doing particular kinds of things. So when you get to that position, you have to explore further because some of those triggers may have a root trigger. Um, so when that secondary trigger no longer holds, you may have to delve deeper to go find the primary or the root trigger, right? Um, but it's, it does, it's, you know, this may not be the case for every other thing. So I was saying that this was not the um, reason. So why I'm saying that is because eventually I came to the point where I miss my peers. I had... I had, I had, I had um to a degree i was kind of like an equal now to my peers regardless of where i was you know i i featured in and eventually i i went in for my second degree and you know i i i i, I had to see people who were much more advanced you know back then undergraduate it was maybe four or five years you know um, beyond you know I mean, I was four or five years younger back then, you know, with my peers. But now I was going in for a second degree and I realized that there were people who were even, I was even 10 years younger than, 15 years younger than, it was quite large. But regardless, I'd realized that, you know, I missed even these, my peers now, right? Um, I discovered that I was, I was, <laughs> had good things to say. I mean, from my experiences of reading book, that world of study and then, that put me into so many experiences. I had to learn a lot. I had to exercise my learnings and certain. So at that period where I was going in for this time, this degree, I was, I was, <laughs> I could, I could speak comfortably, speak comfortably, you know, and people could listen to me and even say things like, wow, that was a nice contribution. I like that. I'll try it out. And I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, so of course, it was not the affirmation that gave me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of like that builds my, you know, courage. And oh, I already knew I had this stuff, but then, you know, sometimes hearing it from outside is like, wow, nice. Um, so I had that a lot. Anyway, prior to this time, I'd already, it was something I was already 
you know, we're accustomed to. And in some other cycles, I was kind of like doing well. I was like a high flyer in those cycles. So at this particular position, um, that's, that, that was no longer a motivation. Like I, I was contributing well now, right? <laughs> I was contributing well in almost all cycles I was. So um, being looked down on, not being able to contribute was no longer a motivation, motivating factor at this time. So it was difficult to engage anything at the time because I wanted to contribute. I was already contributing well. And in some cycles, I was even contributing so much, right? So that kind of trigger was kind of like just there now. It became a neutral thing. It no longer was motivating. Um, so in this, in my new environment now, except maybe I put myself in another situation where, you know, I kind of have a repeat of that experience and then maybe to drive me to do something else. But now I think I can't use that motivation anymore. Um, it, it's um, um, for me personally, but for you, it could work, right? Um, but for me, I realized that I had outgrown that trigger. Um, it was no longer sufficient. I was not being looked down, you know, I was contributing to a good degree, yeah. So um, when I, I so looking at all these things, um, some of the, the connecting line, or one of the things I found out is that a trigger or a more motivation usually is strong, right? And usually it is um, it has some form of visuals you could picture, you could see, you could. You could create image. There's this imagination that could build up. Of course, imagination is also tied to visual. When you're imagining, you are seeing something, right? So there's this. It's usually strong. When I say strong, like, does it matter to you? Like, it matters to you a lot. Like, the whole health. I was conscious that why were people getting, you know, sick? And then, why was I being looked down? I couldn't contribute. It mattered to me that I wanted to be in cycles where I should contribute. People shouldn't look down on me and... All of them because I was young and all. And so um, so there's the part of being strong. And then there's a the part of this visual, like you can see things, like your imagination, your mind, you know. There's that part of it. And then there's also the emotion part. So if you look at all these whole um, examples I gave, and of course you've created your list now, but if you've not created it, I think you can pause and just try to create your list now. Or you could just go on till the end. I mean, this is almost I'm almost done with this, right? So... Um, it was strong, of course, the motivation was whatever the trigger was strong, and then there were some visuals I could see something i could I could picture you know um, reading books, being in a conversation with people, and you know those people um, would be able to listen to me more I, of course, those pictures those things happen in your head, and you're like ah. If I'm here now and I'm talking and people are listening to me, wouldn't that be good? It would be great though. Right, let's read more books, right? Something like that, right? <laughs> so there's this um, thing. And none of them... Um, so I realized that these three things are kind of like and when you find your motivation. Um, through this same analysis I went through, you discover that it's to some degree it's strong. There's some visual effect it creates, like imagination, you're able to see something and picture something like, oh, I want that kind of position. And then there's the emotion part of it that accompanies that particular thing. And so, and of course, emotions always create the visuals and emotions, of course, comes from because of that thing is strong. So 
these three, three things are laced together. It's it's almost like the chicken and the egg mystery, right? Is it the chicken or the egg that comes first, right? So um, should something first be strong or should you first develop an emotion? I know there's a lot of, you know, there's some signs around it. People say, okay, how to develop an emotion, you know, how to connect it, you know, creating visuals and then it must be compelling that it must be strong, you know, these three things. Uh, to some degree, I think, um, just like chicken and the egg mystery, is it the chicken first? Or is it the egg first? I mean, does the egg gives, does the egg gives rise to, or does the egg, is it the egg that leads to the chicken, or is the chicken that leads to the? I mean, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Which one um, comes before the other? So I think it's just, it's just like that. I mean, we can't really put one before the other. I think they are all laced together. So um, sometimes it's the emotion that comes first, and then it gives rise to. And these visuals you could see and then it becomes very compelling for you and then you want to jump at a particular change process you want to do something you want to it's it's a strong motivation to engage something so it could be that right um so does it matter to you something that I've, um, I've found and so those kind of things they list together to find to be um, a very strong trigger um but i realized that um of all of this one of for me personally, one of the strongest motivation I've had most recently after these years of these things. Um, so these things are in phases. Um, I still use all of this concept of, but remember, I'm stretching the whole concept to understand how the whole motivation work and find how we can, you know, maximize from it. So I've taken you through this journey. You could also engage this process, find out why a particular thing motivates you. You know, so that's a trigger, and then you could connect it to some other process you want to engage. So if you realize that health is something that you're 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 big on, or something that you know really strikes a chord, um, and then maybe you need to actually learn this particular skill. Of course, there it looks like there's no connection between them, but then there is a connection. If you're able to build connections between two things, which maybe at some point it may seem like they don't relate. But if you're able to connect a new change process you want to engage or a new learning with something that's kind of like a trigger. So let's hold health, for example. Let's understand that some um, you're big on health. You, you're kind of like anything that is associated, associated with health is something you would want to, you know, go in for. So let's say you need to learn a skill. And then that skill is going to help you to uh, make a particular change, Right. When I say change, maybe learn, and then in your profession, your career, you become better. And then if you become better, you get higher pay. Now, you have to find a connection between it because um, that higher pay may eventually lead you to be maybe be able to afford, you know, better health products or, you know, better meals or you, you get. So there's a connection. If your brain is able to see that connection, then it becomes a trigger. You just find yourself learning the skill, taking that course online, or maybe um, programming or <laughs> or coding. So back then, I remember I started programming, so I started coding, but I couldn't relate anything. It was just all by itself, isolated, and so I struggled. I couldn't do anything. I just kept at it. just like, I'll code, I'll code, but never happened. Keep going up and down, up and down. It was like a mountain and valley experience. You're up today, tomorrow you're down, you know. More of valleys, right? <laughs> um, so... Um, but you can't deceive your brain because you can't tell your brain that, oh, I think I'm big on health. And then maybe you want to do a particular thing and it doesn't connect. And you're telling your brain, no, it connects. It connects. Your brain will be like, what are you saying? It doesn't connect. 
and see it doesn't connect <laughs> it doesn't connect uh, leave me alone so it has to connect i know for a lot of things um there's no um, you may not be able to connect everything to your tree um, to your triggers but it's fine some things can align and that's why we're expanding it so with more when you're able to find um you know about things that motivate you it's fine you could tie in some to this particular motivation, tying some to this other motivation tying some to you know these other kinds of motivation and of course there are um, things i've also struggled with right well <laughs> so i think the last thing i'm going to close with is um um, so I'd like you to engage this process as well. Find what it is that motivates you and then try to link it up with a new change process you want to engage or a new learning. And if you're able to connect it, it builds up this framework of strong emotion, you know, and visuals for you, the effects where you're able to picture and see something. Um, but for me, the biggest trigger has been seeing yourself as a new person. Yeah, that's been the biggest motivation for me, seeing yourself as a new person. This concept is, is probably an hour conversation, um, but I hope I would be able to find time to expand on this. Um, but just um, one or two few words is, most of the times we look at ourselves from a place of scarcity and then want to journey to a place of abundance. So... You see yourself as, oh, I don't have this thing. I don't know this thing. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to change. I, I'm trying to learn something. I'm, I'm, from, I'm moving from a position of zero. Like, there's nothing. I'm nobody. I'm just, I have nothing. I mean, if I keep going on like this, you know. So I think I have to change. I think I need to make an evolution. So in your mind, you're moving from a place of zero to maybe one or from zero to ten or from zero to hundred, depending on the kind of change you're trying to make. But the thing is that when you move, that's some of the concept that sponsors a lot of things we do. We move from zero to, you know, and then you look at that concept. It's the same thing with how we're trying to develop ourselves, maybe improve our personality, change our temperament. We're trying to improve our strength. We're trying to play down our weakness. So we see ourselves like this, you know, um, person where, you know, we're just... Trying to improve, you know, okay, I'm bad on this, I need to improve. Okay, I'm zero on this, I need to improve. I'm, the thing now is that if you journey with that kind of concept, it doesn't do much for you. You'd always struggle with change. You'd always have to, you know, there would be this confusion. How do I have to do this? I have to do this. How do I become this? Because the tr truth is that if you look at the concept of the, of the farm, you know, planting seed, you can't have a tree on a farm where the, that seed was not, you know, um, previously put into the soil. I don't know if you get. So you can say, I want to, let's assume, like in a farmland, you say, oh, I want this farmland to have trees. Then definitely there have to be seeds in the ground. If there are no seeds, I could promise you one thing, you would never find trees, ever. That land remains fallow. So it, it, I got to understand that if I journey from a place of saying I want to see trees in my life, like a growth, like a new process, I want to see this type of tree in my life, right? I'm just saying tree so you understand the concept. I want to see this kind of change. I want to make this move, right? I want to learn this particular thing. If I move from a place of I don't zero to a place of like there are no seeds, nothing there, and I'm moving to a position where I'm like, you know what? I'm moving from no seeds to trees. It's impossible. It doesn't happen. So you keep struggling. You keep struggling. Why is this farm? You clear the land. You 
you're bringing tractors, you know, you spray pool, water, you irrigate them. Like, what's happening? There are no trees. It's already two years. You, have, you go back again. You check for better methods online. You check for, um, you know, you do all those kinds of crazy stuff, but nothing happens, right? So you have to know that you have the seed within you. And once you have the seed within you, that's the tree, right? That's the potential. So you have it within you. So if you journey knowing that most of these things you're trying to become, you already are, you have it within you, then most changes are easy. Because when you just say, oh, I want to learn something, it's already in there within me. I mean, it's so all you just have to do is, okay, what do I have to do? Take this course for like two weeks, for a month, for six months, oh, it's fine. That's what we have to do. It's fine. Let's go. And then it's simple. It's easy. It's that easy. <laughs> so I hope you're able to make these connections and I hope really you're able to find your motivation. <laughs> so until next time, I'll leave you with this content and see you around in the next episode. If this episode hit all the right spots, do well to subscribe so you can get notified of future episodes. Cheers to your clarity.